Thank you, everybody. It's awesome to be up here. It's, it's awesome. Ooh, even later hand claps. You know, it's really awesome to be up here, and it's a great privilege. It is really an honor and a privilege to be up here and be able to talk to you guys. What I'm going to share tonight has been, um, I think God has been ministering it to me. Or I don't think. I know that God has been speaking to me about this, and it's been burning within me. And so I just wanted to, I wanted to talk to you all about it tonight, and I wanted to share it with you all. Hopefully it will minister to you also. Um, what, does hope, what does hope mean to you? Tonight I'm going to talk about an unshakable hope. So what does hope look like to you? What, is it, what does hope mean to you? In the dictionary, it's described as an expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. As I've gone through the time that I've thought about this, that I've been dwelling on this, not just this message, this started way several, several weeks ago, a couple months ago, that I've just been dwelling on the, the, the word hope and what all it means and what God is doing inside of me with this word and, and what that means. And I've wondered, I've looked around at people, I've looked around at certain things, and I thought, have we lost hope in God? Is it consciously or is it unconsciously? Because we can't see him, because we can't hear him physically. Uh, we hear him in our hearts and we hear him in, a, in our spirit, man. But is, is it because we can't hear God like we can hear Lynn or like we can hear Pastor Marvin? or just Is it that reason? Is it consciously or unconsciously? And then I want us to think back, when did we lose hope? And how did we lose that hope? Was it, for instance, I used, I've used examples like, and this is a silly example, but like when we were kids and we'd go to, we'd, our parents would tell us, we're going to go to Six Flags this weekend. Yay, we're going to get so excited. We're going to Six Flags this weekend. And then it wouldn't happen. Okay, was that a little hope that dwindled away in asking our dad for stuff or asking our parents for stuff? That's a silly example. But have we done God that way too? Have we asked God for things and it hasn't happened how we expected it to happen, so we just stopped asking God? We just, thought, we just said we can do it better ourselves. It's better to do it myself than to, de- than to delegate it to God, than to, than to ask God about it. And then have you ever thought about the difference between an unanchored hope and an anchored hope? An unanchored hope, for example, is if you go out and you buy a lottery ticket, oh, I hope this is the winning numbers, I hope, I hope, I hope. That's an unanchored hope. <laughs> If, if, somebody goes to, if somebody goes out and drinks and drives and says, Oh, I hope the police, I hope those flashing lights don't show up behind me. That's an unanchored hope. There's no, that's, a, that's an unanchored hope. An anchored hope is different. An anchored hope is built on the promise of God's word and then his oath. An oath is built on a name that is higher than any other. An oath is a solemn promise often invoking a divine witness regarding one's future or action or behavior. And I want to read a scripture to you in Hebrews six nineteen. It says, this is in the Message Bible, it says, We who have run for our very lives. Do you ever find yourself running for your very life? Asking, something happens in your life and some turmoil happens or something else happens in your life and you're running for your very life. That's what this scripture is saying. We have run to our, with our very lives to God. Have every reason to grab hold of hope with both hands and never let go. Can you see yourself running to God? I've, I have gone through this and I have pictured this. And this is everything that has been burning inside of me for these past couple of months. And I'm just spilling out, just telling you, hey, here's what I've thought about for the past couple of months. Here's what I've thought about. 
It says running with, and grasping a hold of that promise with both hands and never letting go. I just want to grab God with both hands and I don't want to let go. It says it's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances. Reaching past all appearances, no matter what we see or what are, no matter what we don't see. This says reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God. Where Jesus, since we're Jesus running ahead of us, has taken up his permanent post as a high priest for us. It's like you're walking and you're going to God and you're saying, God, you're wanting to grasp me with both hands. And Jesus has already run up there. God, Vicky's coming. Vicky's coming. She's going to grasp you with both hands. She's coming. But Jesus is going ahead of me saying that. And this, like I said, this is what I've been dwelling on. And then in Hebrews 6, 13 through 18, it says, for example, and this is in the New Living Testament. It says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name. Because there's no one higher than God. So God took an oath in his own name. It says, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. And then Abraham waited patiently. That's the word that God has showed me. Abraham waited patiently. He didn't, Abraham didn't say, God, I've asked you for this, but you're not quite moving fast enough, so I'm going to jump right around you. I'm going yeah, don't have patience here. I'm going to jump right around you. I'm going this way. But Abraham waited patiently. Vicki waited patiently. And she received what God had promised. That is my word. That is our word. We wait patiently for the promised hope that he's given us. It says, Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath, and these two things are unchangeable because God cannot lie. God is not a liar, and God cannot lie. So the promise of his word and the oath of his name, because there's no one higher than God, so his oath, that's as high as it can get. An anchored hope is whatever happens in life, we're anchored on the promise of God. Yes, We do live in a real life. And don't think I'm up here telling you something tonight that I have not experienced myself. I've been through times in life that a lot of you don't even know, and and that's okay. But I have experienced this. And so I'm not telling you tonight to do something that that Vicki's never... I'm not up here telling you a story that Vicki's never experienced. I've gone through this. When I was younger, my brother... uh, A lot of you know Dathan. And when I was younger, when he was born... Dathan was born, the, the stem in his spine did not reach his brain. And so he was born with a, what they called a mental disability. And so when, I, when, when we were young, we, we would take him to hospital, to hospital, to hospital, to treatment center, to treatment center, to treatment center. And they would tell us, Dathan will never read, Dathan will never write, Dathan will never ride a bicycle, Dathan can never have balance, and all this kind of stuff. His mental age is, is different than his physical age. And I prayed as a, young, as a young person. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I cried for my brother's healing. <clears throat> and I did not see the manifestation of that healing how I thought the manifestation of that healing should be. But as I was studying through this and I was going through this, and I've asked Bobby several times and I've talked to Heather about it, 
And I said, I've prayed for Dathan, and I've prayed for Dathan, and I've prayed for Dathan for God to heal him, and God never healed him. So me and God got a lot of talking to do when I go to heaven. He's got a lot of explaining to do when I go to heaven. And then as I was studying this, and I went through, and I thought about this story, I thought, Dathan can read. Dathan can ride. Dathan can ride a bicycle. Dathan can play a mean softball. Dathan, can, Dathan has balance. Dathan can speak. Dathan can, he does everything that a, a, regular, a normal adult can do. So just because it wasn't done the way that my physical eyes thought it should be done or the way that my natural eyes thought it should be done doesn't mean that God did not create a miracle in my brother's body. In Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We must take on God's way of thinking, not our own way of thinking, not, our, not my own expectation of what I thought Dathan's healing would look like. Dathan is healed. Yes, he has, yes, he has been healed. Proverbs 13, 12, it says, A hope deferred makes the heart sick. A hope deferred, a hope lost, a hope taken for granted, a hope unanchored makes a heart sick. The first point that I want to share with you guys tonight is belief. We've got to believe. We must believe that God is. We must have a firm belief on God and that God is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says that he'll do. You'll probably remember this story from being a child, that the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember their story when they were brought up against the king that says, when I sound the loud trumpets and when we make all these noises, you will bow. Everyone will bow uh, before the golden idol. And these three guys says, no, we're not going to bow. And so these guys went to the king and says, these three guys says, they're not going to bow. They're not going to bow to you. And he says, well, oh, yes, they will, or they'll be thrown into the fire. And so the king called for those guys, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he said, he asked them, you're not going to bow before me? And they said, of course, no. And he said, um, he said, King Nebuchadnezzar said, if not, let it be known to you. Oh, no, this is what uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego said. It said, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your God nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. I don't care if we're thrown into the fiery furnace. No matter what you say, we are not going to bow before your God. Then Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward these three guys, and he spoke and commanded that the heat of the furnace be seven times more than what was usually heated. How many of us, and I'm, I thought about this myself, how many of us, are faced with a fire, we go, go straight up to the challenge or straight up to the obstacle that we're up against, seven times hotter than what it should be or what we think it should be, and we still stand for God. It says he commanded it to be seven times hotter, and then they, he commanded his men to go and bind these guys and cast them into the fire. It says that the two guys that cast them into the fire, the fire was so hot it killed them when they cast them into the fire. And then the, uh, it says, it says the fire had no power over, their, over them. It said, just to go on forward from the story, when they threw them into the fire, King Nebuchadnezzar said, I thought you threw three men in there. And he said, yes, we did, but I see four. And one looks like the son of God. 
And he, had, he tells the guys to come out. And he says, come out of there, come out of there. And so all of them walk out of there. Even, I think even Jesus, even the Son of God walked out of there. And not a, not a hair was singed on their head. And nothing had happened to them. They didn't smell like smoke. When I cook bacon at my house, I smell like bacon. <laughs> but not even, they were inside the fire. They were inside the fire, but they weren't even singed. Nothing happened to them. And it even changed Nebuchadnezzar. It changed the king's mind. And the king said, now we will worship their God. No longer the golden image. We will now worship their God because he saw that they stood for their God. They did not bow down. They trusted in their God no matter what they came up against. Their hope was in God. And they trusted in him. And I was telling Pastor Marvin, we have a meeting with him sometimes on Saturdays. And I was telling him a couple, months ago, or a couple weeks ago that God one time told me in my life, I tend to get lost in the shuffle of things. My, it's just, I don't want to say it's just me because I don't want that to be me. But sometimes when life goes on and Bobby and I are working two jobs and, and we've got the, we're doing the music ministry and we're doing several other things in our life. And so I get, sometimes I get lost in the shuffle of things going on. And I forget, I forget to spend as much time with God or I, I don't spend as much time with God as I should. And God had told me one time, I was up against some challenges and, and things like that, and God just spoke into my spirit, just ask what you will. Just, just ask. Just ask what you will. And he wants that for every one of us tonight. That was not just for me. Yeah, it might have been for me at that time, but that was not just for me. God wants us to ask whatever we want from him. It needs to be anchored in his word. And just because it doesn't happen like we expect it to happen, like Dathan's healing doesn't mean that it's not in God's timing and it's not how God wanted it to work out. Um, and I'm going to skip on down here. I'm going to go to our second point, Candace. It's, it's praise. We've got to believe and then we've got to praise. We've got to know, we've got to learn to praise God. And that's what we're going to do tonight as we... Whenever we continue to worship God, we're going to just go for, go for it. We're just going to spill out on God. We're just going to say, God, here I am. Just everything I am, just here I am. The other day, we were at McAllister's, and, uh, our second job, and, um, and there was a lady that came in, and she started talking to me. And so I was just chitty-chatting with her and, and just talking, and, and so she started just spilling out her life to me. I'm like, man, this lady needs somebody to talk to. So I'm just standing there across the counter from her, and tears are just coming down my face. And um, as she's telling me her story, and I'm like, man, I'm at work. I'm at work here. And, um, and so I came out from behind the counter, and I came across, and I gave her a hug. She was telling me the story about her son. Her son was um, a nuclear physicist for the Navy, and he had gotten cancer. And so, and her husband was not with her that night because they used to come to McAllister's together, but he developed Parkinson's. And so he's embarrassed, so he doesn't come to McAllister's anymore. But um, she said that her son had developed cancer, and so, uh, needless to say, he did pass away. But the story behind that is when she was up there at the hospital with her son, she was laying there in the bed with him, and she's a Christian lady. She was laying there in the bed with him, and she had a pillow on her chest, and and they had to garb, they had to put all the garb on, um, all the covers and stuff like that on themselves before they went into his room. But um, she had laid the pillow on her chest and put her son, put, put her son's head here on her chest. And 
And God, and she heard God speak to her, praise me. And she's like, God, how do I praise you? My son's laying right here and he's about to die. How do I praise you? And he said, just praise me. Just praise me. And she said, just out of my own experience, out of my own body experience, I started saying, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I thank you. I rejoice in you. She said, I started singing a song that was just a new song that I didn't even know. And a peace surpassed all understanding, and it covered me. And she said, as we were laying there, my son passed away. And she said, I was so peaceful. There was nothing. She said, I wasn't brokenhearted. Like someone, like someone would expect a mother to be. Of course, she was, broke, she was sad. But she said God spoke peace to her because he said, just praise me. Just get out of your own self and just praise me. You know, that's what we need to do. When we get in our own thinking, Vicki, when you get in your own thinking, Vicki, when you get in your own decisions, Vicki, when you think your way's the best, or when you try and jump ahead of me, when you try and run ahead of Jesus before he gets to me, Jesus can outrun you when you try and run ahead of me. <laughs> When you try and run ahead of me, just praise me. Just just praise me. That's all you have to do. It says, I want to read a couple of scriptures to back that. It says, Psalm 103, verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I've thought before as we're going through different times and things like that, if we've lost hope, if we find ourselves losing hope, just sing out, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And if you continue saying that, and if you continue praising that, and declaring that, guess what? Your heart's going to be changed, and your mind's going to be changed. Your mind's no longer going to be focused on the problem. Your mind's going to be focused on the Father, and what the Father has for you. In Psalm 63, verse 3 through 5, it says, Because your loving kindness is better than my life, my lips will praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift my hands in your name, and my soul will be satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my lips shall praise you with joyful lips. We will continue to praise God tonight with joyful lips. If we will, come on tonight. Let's go ahead and stand up, and let's start praising God with joyful lips. Let's lift our voices. Father, we bless you. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Father, bless your holy name. Father, we praise you. We magnify you, Father. We're going to get ready to sing some more songs. We're going to get ready to sing about him being our anchor, that he is our hope, that he is our strength, that he is everything that we need. And when we sing this tonight, I want you to sing out with a joyful noise. Let's sing out with praise on our lips, knowing that God is our anchor, that he is our hope. He is not an unanchored hope. He's an anchored hope. And as we sing this tonight, just sing out with all that you are. Thank you, Father. We can go ahead and praise Him. We can go ahead and speak out our worship to Him. We don't have to have music right now to do that. We can call out to our Father, saying, Thank you, Father, for who you are in our lives. Thank you, Father. We love you so much. Thank you, Father. We bless you. Your word is...